Hey folks, this is Rabble Rousing, Rich Bergeron. Yo, 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 the tornado is very coming, y'all. And Psychic Tom with his shiny new crystal ball. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got uh, a new home, a little bit, a uh, little bit of a new home at uh, podcastmachine.com. Um, <clears throat> FNU Combat Sports Show there is the channel. And uh, we just put up uh, last week's show on the blog. It's at the top of the blog right now, fightingnewsunlimited.com. So you can check that out. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, not live, but uh, we can tape it and do it that way. Which um, I don't think we have a need for a live show anyway. And <clears throat> they provide uh, a lot for free. And then uh, the highest we would have to go is like 10 bucks a month, which is three times less than what I paid at the other place, so. Fuck Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> but uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, new year coming up here. New events. Uh, big news in the UFC right after we stopped the show. Of course, uh, <laughs> the link went out. Go figure. Um, we're going to have Conor McGregor immediately step up to face uh, Rafael Dos Anjos on the same card, Holly Holm facing Misha Tate, former guest of ours here. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I love it. But uh, we're going to check that out, uh, of course. It's a UFC 197. Uh, there was actually kind of uh, a funny story going around. I don't know if there was any truth to it, but you know how the writers are out there, though pick up anything and run with it uh <clears throat> there was a story that uh, conor mcgregor was holding out on uh, that fight uh, for more money <clears throat> but uh there was also a story this week about uh an explanation for uh frank fertita the third there uh throwing down the belt at cage side after conor mcgregor knocked jose aldo out <laughs> Uh, and the more I think about that one, um, I think there's got to be something to that. He was not just like, oh, damn, you know, why did that happen so quickly? He was mad for some other reason, I think. Uh, I don't know. Reminds yeah, me of, I, guess, uh, I guess uh, since you brought it up, let's play speculation on that. <laughs> I think he made a bet, and he made another bet because there was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, great minds think alike, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was already confirmation after the first fight that uh, the debt was paid and the bet was made <laughs> on uh, you know whether he was going to finish him in the second round. And uh, <clears throat> Connor said he would, and he said he won the bet. It was like uh, a few million dollars that time, so. Unbelievable stuff. I well, now, now, as far as the legalities of that, um, would, would the State Athletic Commission have an issue with that? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe because uh, Connor's from Ireland? <laughs> it's legal well, over there. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm just kind of... I don't know. I don't know how right now. now, obviously, Pete Rose had an issue with what he did, but that was directly involved uh, with the, with the uh, team. And theoretically... Um, Brothers have no direct involvement with either one of the fighters. <laughs> it would be such a put on me that. <laughs> right. It's not in your paycheck. I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, 
that's kind of a strange one it is. It reminds me of a joke. Um, feel free to tell this to whoever you want, but... So this, uh, this woman comes into the Chase Manhattan Bank, and, and she wants to withdraw all her funds from the bank. And the manager says, uh, oh, really? You really want to take all your money out? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So this is a lot of money. You know? so can I ask uh, why, how you made it? And uh, she says, well, I make bets. And the guy says, oh, really? Uh, what kind of bets? <coughs> and uh, she goes, well, whispers real low, I... Uh, I'll bet you that uh, by this time tomorrow, your balls will be square. The guy's like, what? <laughs> Get out of here. You know? No, there's no possible way. You know, how much you want to bet? And she's like, a million dollars. So the guy's like, all right. <clears throat> all right, I gotta, I'm going to win this bet, so sure. So they come back tomorrow, and then she's with their attorney and everything like that. And uh, she's got to do final paperwork and everything like that, she told the attorney. So they get into the office, and she walks right in, and she goes, drop your pants. <laughs> so the guy drops his pants, and she's like, I got to inspect your balls, so let me see him. And she fucking inspects them, and then all of a sudden, the lawyer's banging his head off the wall. <laughs> so... <laughs> The, the banker's like, what the, what the hell's his problem? She goes, oh, I bet him $2 million that I'd have the president of Chase Manhattan Bank by the balls by noon today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, she had to pay out the million, but she won $2 million. <laughs> Yeah. The balls weren't square. But yeah, I think uh, Fertitta made a bet, probably a big bet with uh, Connor that uh, you know was reliant on how much time it took to finish Jose. And I bet you know there was like a, a multiplier on inside thirty seconds. <laughs> so, so he was that pissed. I think you, you watch that video. I mean, he slams that belt down. He is pissed off. <clears throat> but anyway. No, that was that. That's come something that was going around this week. Uh, they were <coughs> trying to explain it away. Dana White actually came out and said that, uh, oh, well, yeah, Frank is a moose. Well, that doesn't explain anything. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Uh, they, they won't talk about it. Because I think they were both in on it. All of them. Both Fertitta brothers, too. But, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the legality of it, Tom, because I'd like to check that out myself. Somebody should be checking it out or asking about it. It doesn't seem like it should be legal. But anyway, um, we got a lot of stuff going on um, coming up. We've got uh, UFC Fight Night 81, Dillashaw versus Cruz. That's on uh, January 17th in Boston. Wish I could be there. They got to do all this shit in uh, wood business season, so screw them. Anyway, uh, that's a pretty big card. I mean, uh, T.J. Dillashaw coming in against uh, Dominic Cruz. Uh, Cruz. I have a lot of head games going on in that. Did you catch that interview? No. Uh, the, uh, when Ariel uh, had him outside of um, outside of the cage and they were talking, did you catch any of that? No, not yet. Uh, okay, well, well, Cruz was uh, baiting him, just baiting him terribly. 
uh, how are you going to believe me? They punch it. Well, I get it. Go to how? How? And he kept playing. And he was DJ. He got uh, TJ so upset. TJ finally just quit talking to him. So Cruz is bragging that uh, he's won up in the debate contest. Hmm. Now, what that's going to mean when they get in there it could uh, backfire. Maybe TJ is so mad. And then uh, Ben Ludwig came out and says TJ will stop him in the second round. But because some feel that TJ. Uh, didn't really perform up to his part in the debate, but now he's having Bang talk for him, and that's going to make him matter as, as well. So, uh, interesting to see if he can channel that anger, because I think it's pretty legit on TJ's part, and I think Cruz is just playing some mind games. <laughs> so, uh, it's, just, it's going to be fun. Uh, TJ's a slight favorite, and I'm assuming that's based on Cruz's uh, history of injuries and inactivity, and TJ's really been flawless lately, but uh, it's very close in the odds, so um, I guess I'm slightly with TJ just based on that analysis, but wow, that'd be a great fight. I mean, it's tough to come off the shelf, you know, especially when you've had those kind of crazy injuries, you know, how you're, right. <coughs> your um, newly functioning <laughs> knee is going to handle shit. Yeah, I, I just, I guess Cruz had his whole life implode on him. With those injuries, so he had the growth of his dreams, had the brand new car, just had everything going, and I guess everything just fell apart. He about hit rock bottom. I, I didn't realize he was really that down and out, but um, to his credit, he's back, so he'll get his chance. Hey, he's got yeah, his Fox gig, you know, win or lose. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got the Fox gig. Yeah, wrapped up. There you go. Um, and, and, and he's very, really, very articulate. I think he does a great job. But I think he's going to come back strong here. I mean, his last time when he came back from the injury, he just destroyed the guy. Uh, <clears throat> so, who knows what's going to happen here. I think it's going to be a competitive fight, but I do like Dillashaw's sure. style. Uh, the only way I see Dominic uh, getting around that is with his reach and a lot more kicks. TJ is uh, is more punch-based than anything with these uh, smaller guys, so... Yeah, and, and, and the uh, action on the ground would be a fascinating dynamic, too, because both of them are uh, great wrestlers, and both of them are uh, submission threats as well, so this is really going to be, really looking forward to it, and the um, coming event should be pretty interesting also. Pettis versus Alvarez, yes. Uh, Pettis, 18-3, and three, Alvarez, 26-4, and four. Alvarez mostly fighting in Bellator. Uh, recently, but uh, he's had some up and down situations here in the UFC so far. Anthony Pettis also uh, was just a title holder not too long ago and uh, <coughs> was unstoppable, it looked like. And then uh, there was a lot of controversy there with the guy dying at the uh, kickboxing event there under Duke Rufus. Um, a lot of, lot of confusion there with. Uh, People coming out and talking about uh, how rough it was there. Uh, Rose Namahunas, actually, from the Ultimate Fighter show, uh, came out and talked about how bad it was there. Uh, so, obviously, there were some distractions going on there. So, maybe Anthony has uh, ironed all those out, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, no, there, there, <coughs> did you fight. notice that Anthony was at another gym? Uh, or did you catch the embedded show? No, I, don't, I haven't been watching anything. <laughs> 
It's Meathead versus the Fighting Irish logo. Ross Pearson versus Francisco Trinaldo. Um, Trinaldo is kind of one of those dudes that reminds me of Czech Congo. Uh, real jacked. Uh, hasn't really made any dynamic huge moves in the fight game. Pearson is just, uh, just a warrior type guy. He reminds me a lot of Wanderlei Silva the way he fights. <coughs> a lot of reckless abandon. Uh, so this one should be interesting. Trinaldo I don't think is known very much for striking. I mean, he's more a wrestling grappling type of guy but We'll see what happens here. Could be an interesting one. And then we've got uh, Patrick Cote. Hard to believe he's still in action. 22-9 and nine going up against Ben Saunders, another uh, veteran of the sport. Cote is 22-9. and nine. Saunders is 19-6-2. And, uh, and uh, Tim Boach versus Ed Herman. It's kind of an interesting matchup. 18-9 uh, is Boach. Herman is 22-11. And... 11. and uh, We'll just skip all the rest of those ones. Uh, what's going on with boxing, Tony? Because I haven't watched any of that either. <laughs> you know, not a whole lot. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it last week or not. Um, I don't think we did some of the really we just started to talk about. Um, I'm not going to be able to see it live because it's the weekend of our Lock Haven boxing show. But um, the former guest of ours and a good friend of mine from my gym, Tom and Hank Lundy is getting a uh, shot at the title. He's going to be a heavy underdog. He's going up against uh, one of the top fighters in sports right now, and Terrence Crawford. And um, you know, folks going to be at 140, and Lundy's been traditionally a between um, the lightweight and 140. I think he's doing. I think he's a little bit better as a lightweight, personally. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be challenging for him. Um, you know. As I said, Crawford's one of the top five fighters in sport in my eyes right now. But uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, this weekend, we got uh, one of the heavyweight titles up for grabs. Not the linear heavyweight title, but um, one of the multiple alphabet suit titles. And that's Deontay Wilder. And he's fighting a fighter by the name of Arturo Spica. Good fighter, but I think it's time for Wilder to really start... Expanding his position as the champ, as, as a champion, maybe not the champion, because the champion is Tyson Fury. He's the man to beat the man to beat the man. 
that Wilder has a belt, and he wants to, you know, establish himself as one of the top dogs out there. And, you know, maybe could he eventually work this into a unification with Fury? Well, it's possible, but you got to be moving fighting the legs of Archer Speaker. He needs to fight Billy Wright. Tony, we need to get him to fight Billy Wright. We need to get him to fight Billy Wright. Bronco Billy. Bronco Billy. (laughs) I think, um, I'll I'll tell you right now, who I think is the scariest dude in the division is that Cuban Ortiz that just knocked out Brian Jennings a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, I I hadn't seen Ortiz before that fight, and, um, I mean, he impressed me the way he, he destroyed a very talented and competent fighter like Brian Jennings who took Vladimir Klitschko to the distance in a competitive affair. Um, I don't know if Fury or Wilder was any part of Ortiz. I mean, they even said um, the one fighter, Mike Perez, who, you know, was the fighter that injured um, Magomed, they said uh, as talented as he was down in Cuba, uh, Ortiz used to basically tear him up in sparring sessions. Hmm. Uh, well, there's a couple guys uh, could be candidates uh, for a unification bout uh, on the co-main event here. Charles Martin versus Vyacheslav Glavskov, even though they're not household names, they're undefeated going into this one. So, <coughs> both have I think Glavskov fight. I believe he's the one that fought uh, my friend Garrett Wilson uh, a few months ago or a year ago. And they have going, they're going in this one for the vacant IBF World Heavyweight title, so there would be a title on the line there. Unification. I remember um, when I really started getting the boxing back in the late 80s, early 90s, and I started getting my ring magazine. And I didn't get my subscription until I graduated college, but I used to, this is when you could pick up boxing magazines, like you know, there's a new stores in the mall. So we'd go to the mall, and, you know, I'd go in there, and I'd go to the room, and they'd carry a digest, and then we'd have a real box, and there was maybe one or two other ones. I stuck with the ring. K.O., you remember the K.O., Tony? Yeah. The magazine K.O.? Yeah. K.O., Boxing Illustrated. Oh, those were the best. Boxing Illustrated, real boxing, and then, of course, the ring. But I used to get K.O., and I always used to get um, Ring Rising. And yeah. one of the things I used to love to do was I always looked at the rankings of the fighters. And I used to look to see who the, because they would be the, the three main champions at the time. I didn't even count the WBA champion. Uh, but they had the WBA and the WBC, and they had the, um, the title of the champion of each weight class. They had the top, I mean, 10 or 12 of each weight class. And then the champions would be in there as well. Um, so, like, one fighter, like, I'm the guys that were, like, like ranked number seventh in the division, like, IBF champion. I'm like, really? And he's, like, the seventh in the division? Wow. And then I used to like to look at some of the guys maybe I never heard of before, but they were ranked. Uh, and the reason that sticks in my mind is I remember there was a fighter and he had just beaten Magic Taylor, who, of course, maybe in a Philadelphia and I was a Magic Taylor fan. And this guy's name is Crisanto Espagna. And I'm going back 27 years. This is my rain man kicking in here. Whoa. This is the same guy that forgot his coupon going to the grocery store an hour ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember Crisanto Espagna, and he just beat Major Taylor. And I was kind of mad. I was 15 years old. I was a Major Taylor fan. And I wanted somebody to kick his ass. 
you know? So I started scanning Lorraine Magazine to see who I thought would be potential that could beat this guy for the welterweight title. And, and, I, and I eventually forgot who did beat him um, for that title. But I remember seeing the guy's name, and I'm like, I bet this guy can be really good. He was, whatever he was, he was undefeated, mostly by knockout. And I remember I wanted to see him fight, and I said, I bet you he can be a world champion. I I never said I thought he could be a Hall of Famer, but he is. Feel extremely bad. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I remember just looking and seeing his name in there as a ranked contender, and I said, wow, I bet you he can win a world title. I bet you he can beat Crisanto Espana. You know, uh, this guy looks really good. Um, and, but I used to really enjoy doing that. Um, you know, looking at there and seeing who the world champions were, and, you know, seeing, you know, where they were ranked. You know, I, I, I used to find, I used to have that as, you know, as like a hobby. Now, if you can't, and I can tell you, every world champion in every division of the, of the main three, if you can't come up to me and say, Tony, who's the WBA Super Bowl champion? And I would have said, you know, we have a lot of time. Now, you know, people ask me questions like, oh, shit, like, oh, because we have Indians and Supers and Diamonds and, <laughs> you know, regular and this champion, that champion, um, Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> real world titles are hard to win, especially when you're a female. And uh, woman uh, that we t- we had uh, personal experience chatting with Amanda Serrano, fighting Erica Calderas, eleven and one. Amanda is twenty six one and one as a featherweight, um, and uh, <clears throat> basically. Uh, Put uh, Ronda Rousey in her place before Holly Holm did <laughs> on our show. So uh, she's fighting for the vacant WBO World Female Featherweight title in this one, and uh, we're definitely in her corner. Also got middleweight uh, Masiej Suleki, 21-0, fighting Derek Finley, who's 22-17-1. Adam Kaunaki, 12-0, fighting Dan Kelly, 9-1-1. And uh, Mike Lee is on this card at light heavyweight, 15-0, fighting Joe Gardner, who's 11-8-1. Nothing else uh, crazy on that one. We get to uh, Texas on Saturday. Bob Arum's got a card there. Uh, nothing too exciting, but main event is Matt Korobov, 24-1, fighting Josu Ovando, 14-8-1. Oh, holy Slovakian shit. <laughs> In uh, Slovakia. The, uh, the Slovak Federation of Professional Boxers. I don't know. I don't know who they're going to get this guy to fight. But uh, the main event is Elamir Raphael. He has 33 wins, 100 losses, 
Four draws. And uh, everybody on this card has a pretty shitty record, except one guy who's 8-0-2, fighting TBA. But uh, Rafael is fighting TBA, too, so we don't know what's going on. Everybody else is like 0-6, 5-30, 5-33. And there's one heavyweight who's four and one. Wow, it's crazy. Let's see what else we got going on. Uh, Fox Sports One has a pretty interesting card next Tuesday, the 19th. Jamal James, 18 and 0 at welterweight, fighting Javier Molina, 17 and 1. That's a 10 rounder. David Benavidez at light heavyweight, 11 and 0, fighting Kevin Cobb. Zzz. Cobbs. He was 10 and 1. And Caleb Plant uh, had a quick outing his last time out. Uh, he's facing uh, Adesat Rodriguez, who's 11 4 and 2. And uh, Caleb is 11 and 0. So we'll see what happens here. Probably going to be 12 and 0. Doesn't look like a guy's going to test him much, but you never know. So that's about it for this week. Boxing schedule. Did we miss anything worth mentioning from last week? No, I would there was nothing over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, um, nothing really. Nothing. No news is good news? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, no news is no news. I, I, I can never <laughs> say no news is good news. No news is good news. I mean, there was, there was no deaths, I think, <laughs> Well, uh, well, there was a lot of deaths last year. We didn't really talk about on the last show. Um, probably should have made a list of all the people in the boxing and uh, mixed martial arts world we lost over the year. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, too late. Too late now. Uh, anyway. Hoist Gracie is in the news for all the wrong reasons. The IRS is after him now. Apparently, uh, they're looking for him for tax fraud. And uh, I just really glanced over this article. But from what I read, they're alleging that uh, he had some offshore accounts that he was not reporting to people. And uh, I never knew he was just... Uh, a resident of the United States long enough to have to pay taxes here. I thought he would... Uh, who, who is this, Rich? Hoist Gracie. Oh, Hoist, okay. Hoist, yes, which oh, might explain wow. why he's coming back to fight. <laughs> yeah. He's got to pay his legal bills. Cause <laughs> yeah. Is... yeah, I have trouble armbarring the IRS. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they have a nasty ground in town. <laughs> Tom speaks from experience. Yes, sir. But anyway, yeah, here it is. Here's the article. Um, wow, this is a lot of uh, information, but I'm going to try to summarize it the best I can. Uh, <laughs> on April Fool's Day 2015, the IRS sent the Gracies a completely serious notice of deficiency, claiming they owe $657,114 in back taxes. Ouch! And $492,000 in penalties for civil fraud based on IRC 666. 
three A, which reads: If any part of any underpayment of tax required to be shown on a return is due to fraud, there shall be added to the tax an amount equal to seventy-five percent of the portion of the underpayment, which is attributable, which is attributable to fraud. That's the lawyer speak for you owe me a shitload of money if you commit fraud. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, a multiplier. Let's put it that way. Wow. Lots of money. It, April Fool's Day was not a, a joke for the Gracies. Uh, well, let me go back to the beginning here before that came, came around. All right. They began uh, to have these tax problems in 2012. Um when Hoyce and his wife each received an IRS administrative summons seeking information about their foreign bank and foreign investment activities. Uh, but then an investigation began and uh, the IRS said they needed additional documents for 2007 through 2011 uh, and uh, they were looking for their liability, among other things, for civil penalties. So the Gracies went before the IRS to produce bank documents and they failed to appear or they were summons to appear but they failed to appear on December 31st, 2012 New Year's Eve in accordance with the summons. Uh, and then the Assistant U.S. Attorney Chief for the Tax Division filed a legal petition to enforce the summons including a declaration stating certain facts and according to the petition uh, the, uh, they had to examine potential international tax issues related to the Gracie's federal income tax returns. Uh, foreign bank accounts, again, that were not disclosed to the IRS. Um, they have foreign bank accounts in Switzerland. <laughs> go figure. You think you're going to hide money? Well, Switzerland would be a good You know, of all the countries to go to, that used to be number one on the list. Abu Dhabi, Because Switzerland has so much business in America, they uh, caved in back in the late 90s and said, okay, because the uh, feds just told them, you either stop this secrecy nonsense for American citizens, or we are not doing business with your banks. So, so the, uh, Switzerland is not the place to go. The IRS investigation uh, supposedly determined that during the years 2007 to 2011, over $3 million was wired from foreign bank accounts into U.S. bank accounts on behalf of the banks. Wow. These funds were used to pay for, among other things, renovations to their vacation property in Mammoth Lakes, California, and personal credit card debts. In 2008, approximately 350 grand was wired from offshore accounts towards the purchase of the Gracies' residence in Palos Verdes, California. In 2010, the Gracies purchased real estate in California uh, with uh, $497,972, which was wired from an offshore account to uh, make uh, make the payment. For the years 2008 to 2011, the Gracies have filed federal individual tax returns showing minimal taxable income. They claimed a $4,000 child tax credit in each of the years under investigation. And they claimed an earned income credit in 2009 and 2010. <laughs> Good luck proving that, guys. You know, uh, when it gets to that amount of money, we are bordering on criminal now. Yes. So hopefully they have some good advice. 
Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, the fraud multiplier gets them in real, real trouble, it looks like here. Uh, reminds me of, um, I think it's a federal, uh, or the civil RICO. Civil RICO, you can uh, get triple damages or... Or whistleblower lawsuit, you can get triple damage. Some something in legality, you can get triple the damages with a technicality. And this sounds like one of those things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thirty-eight grand they said they made in two thousand seven, and net losses ranging from roughly sixty-six thousand to two hundred four thousand in the years thereafter. So they reported tax liabilities of just $900,2,545,170,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000
the combat sports world. I definitely like the uh, the new uh, podcast setup. We'll see if we keep it or move to another one or, or go two at once. Might do two free sites at once. Who knows? We'll figure something out. But uh, yeah, we're gonna tape it from now on. It's not gonna be live. We'll do it live. Do it live. <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll reach out uh, to our normal people. Try to get some guests on. Um, see what we can do. I'm ready to get back into that myself, you know. I was really, like, this week's been really rough for me because, you know, my my company just moved. We started in a new office on Monday, so I've been haywire all week. They moved to the place you didn't want them to move? No. I don't want to do something for it often. I mean, I've got to leave my house at 6.30 in the morning to start my job at 8.30. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Yeah, I got to drive 27 minutes to the train station when I got an hour train ride. Yes. Yeah, but if I don't leave it earlier, I won't make it on time because the next train won't get me there on time. Right. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm not... Well, actually, I did say something positive about the office today. I do like the bathrooms. And <laughs> 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 oh, in the building, I have a place where I get lottery numbers. So even though the Indian guy didn't send me my billion-dollar power Powerball ticket yesterday, uh-huh. he did send me a forty-dollar winning scratch off. Yeah, well, yeah, well that's about it. Um, actually, so I was news. You guys want to get a good laugh out of this? Um, I am. I hope nobody one of my coworkers hear this, but um, I am interviewing at other locations. Um, just because. Forty hours a day commuting is going to be tough, um, you know. And then, then it takes away from the things I want to do. It takes away from my workout schedule. It takes away from other things that I want to do. So I had an interview the other day with the job, literally a mile from my house. And one of the girls that was on my team at my old job um, worked there. So you know, they got me the interview, and then she was talking to one of her team leads, giving me a recommendation. And she's like, oh, he's a local guy. He lives real close to here. He's really reliable. He's this and that. Oh, um, he, he does boxing, this and that. And the woman stops. She goes, the tornado? <laughs> I know him. And she just, he trained my son. <laughs> cool. I mean, how yeah. crazy is that? Small world. Well, that's a good end, right? Right. I know that guy. I know that guy. So, uh, special thanks to podcastmachine.com. Before we go, though, I would like to uh, have a little speculation here with Tom, um, seeing as uh, we've got nothing better to do right now. Uh, who do you think wins uh, Dos Anjos versus Mick Gregor? Well, do we lose everybody? Okay, so, uh, I was going to ask, basically... What your uh, idea is of uh, the McGregor versus Dos Anjos, Tom, and uh, Home versus Tate? We didn't really discuss that. We said it's happening. But. Well, I can start with the easy one first. My money's on Holly on that one. <laughs> uh, Mine too. But this other situation, uh, I, I just hate to go against McGregor. Right now, uh, you know, and I know how improved Dos Anjos is. I know how the level he's working at. But right now, my gut tells me McGregor. I don't know. There's just something he's got that. He's got that. He's in like one of those Muhammad Ali modes where I used to, you know, like like when Ali just kept 
doing everything he said he would do. And I kept thinking, he can't keep doing this. And I was wrong. <laughs> so we'll see if it's different this time. I mean, McGregor just seems to have that magic touch. Well, I'm going to have um, to play the devil's advocate on this one because I think, uh, I definitely think Dos Anjos has what it takes because I have never seen a guy more well-rounded T.J. Dillashaw at times has made me say this is the best well-rounded dude I've ever seen, but just the way Cerrone just got manhandled by Dos Anjos. Oh, I, I, mean, I mean, just the power. And the <laughs> thing is that Dos Anjos had always been known for his ground game. But my now, God, the improvement in his stand is level. just scary. New level. So the, the key to the game will be uh, kind of like with um, sort of the same game plan with all that. Uh, he's going to have to negate that, that height and just kick the hell out of those legs and try to get it to the ground. Or who knows, with as much power as he has, it may, it may go to the ground because McGregor's going to the ground. But right now, I'm just kind of making my call on, on more emotion than anything. No, it's, you know, I'll, I'll try to get more of a feel for it as we hold in. But just as I, just my gut feeling says McGregor is just an unstoppable train now. But that can change. Right. And uh, Holly Holm, yeah, I think she's going to be able to beat Tate. But, uh, you know, having Tate on the show before and knowing how hard she works at it and uh, knowing she deserves this shot, uh, you know, I pull for her. I, I pull for her to do well. But, uh, you know, I think she's also getting to the point where, you know, what else can she do after this if she loses? So. Right, uh, exactly. No, I, and again, I, I, it sure wouldn't Tough bother spot. me if she would win. I mean, um, but think of what this would do to the organization as far as promoting a, a third fight with Ronda. Right. Uh, uh, well, think about it. Put mm -hmm. yourself in Joe Silva's shoes and think of Dana losing whatever hair he has left <laughs> because I know that they feel that it's pretty much a shoe-in for Holly. Uh, but you never know. I mean, um, Amisha's capable of uh, a lot, but Holly just, uh, I, I just don't see it in this one. But, but if, if Misha could pull off the upset, then what? Right. If, and, and again, that assumes, because I, I guess Wanda will not be fighting this summer. And I don't know if you caught any of that news, your old buddy. Uh, yeah, Roadhouse. Uh, Kevin, Roadhouse. Kevin I, I, I guess. She's going yeah, Ronda, Ronda said there's just too much else. He wrote an article on Yahoo and he said there's just too much. Apparently, Ronda's story is that the uh, Roadhouse movie has been postponed. So her other commitments are getting in the way. Now, that, that kind of sounds funny to me in some ways. I mean, what are her commitments? Where are her priorities at? Well, I thought the Roadhouse movie was what, uh, what made it uh, so she can't fight. Because she has to work on that. That's what I read. Yeah. Uh, and, and apparently it was it's it's uh, it's not going as quick as possible. Right. See, because apparently, from what I understand, the Roadhouse movie was supposed to be uh, pretty much done, and she would be free this summer. But apparently, there's been a snag or something like that. I can imagine what the snag might be. Oh shit! We need to bring up a makeup expert to fix her fucking lip. She's not supposed to have a split lip in this scene. <laughs> it, it, it still gets. No. It still That's gets on that. It, it, it's just fascinating to see what the psychological damage was to her over that. And I'm kind of thinking about this. Uh, you know, this uh, the co-main event Sunday. Now, I do think Anthony Pettis is a strong guy mentally, and I see no evidence that 
that 25-minute beatdown did permanent damage. But when you think about that fight with Dos Anjos the first time, that wasn't just a quick knockout. That was a 25-minute beatdown. Right. I mean, if you recall that fight, I don't, I don't think Anthony won a minute. One mm-hmm. more round. I mean, it was it was it had to be a nightmare for him. So we'll see. Uh, that's kind of an interesting dynamic too, because like you said, Eddie Alvarez is really uh, he just feels he's been disrespected, and he's got a point to prove. Right. And this this could really be the fight of the night, even better than the main event. So it's going to be fun. But yeah, if if uh, Bisha could pull the upset, what a <laughs> wow. <laughs> It'd be interesting. <laughs> I just, I just think to be a fly on the wall back at UFC headquarters for that one. It's like, damn, why we agree to this? Well, I got a funny story for you guys. I wanna, I wanna show you. I'm gonna actually send you a picture to prove tonight uh, how much I love to fight. You know how I'm gonna do that? I have a picture of my knuckles where I. Scuffed one up so bad, it healed in the shape of a heart. <laughs> Pretty funny. Okay. You gotta see it. It's like a perfect heart. I hit the bag so hard, barehanded one night, without even thinking about it. And then I looked at it. I was like, "Oh my god, that's crazy." <clears throat> that's how much I love to fight. Anyway, um. That's about all we have for this broadcast. Uh, unless you got anything to add, either one of you guys. And next week we'll have a guest. I guarantee it. Even though I've guaranteed before and could not, not come through. I, I definitely guarantee it. How about that? Uh, we'll find somebody. We'll, we'll rustle somebody up to uh, chat with. <clears throat> and uh, if not, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll poach one from, uh, from back in the day. Where we be at? So, um, we're going to uh, see how podcastmachine.com works out here. This will be uh, posted on our website. We're going to um, still have all our old content at Blog Talk Radio. Fightradio.info will now go right to the podcastmachine.com page. So, uh, we'll have to have like an archive link, link on our blog to the uh, Blog Talk Radio thing. But uh, eventually... It's going uh, to transition to the new place. But uh, I like their setup. Uh, we can do nice uh, interviews like this. I mean, uh, sessions like this, record it, edit out the swear words if we have to. No. <laughs> we would never do that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we can add stuff, take stuff out after the fact, too. It's kind of some benefits to it. But no, no live uh, feature that I know of. But uh, there might be. I just haven't really looked around, so we'll find out. But I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we'll ha- we'll have it live on the blog anyway uh, as soon as we can get it uh, processed. So that's all we got. Okay, guys, enjoy the fights this weekend. Got some good ones. Till next week. All right, talk to the baby. Bye bye.